Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Terms visit mcdonalds.com.au AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, Engine in Germany, proven Australia trade up to Continental Tyres. This trade period, Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey getting you through the next hour or so. Cal, spent some bit of time at the Combine this weekend. How'd you go? I did, Riley. So did you. Big couple of days at Margaret Court Arena on Sunday and also interviews, of course, across Friday and Saturday at Marvel Stadium. So, yeah, I always enjoy the Combine. It's good mm-hmm. to see all the players back in one spot. Again, for the first time since 2019, about 70 players um, across that time. And we'll get to the results and, and the best performers a little bit later in the hour. But there's 700 or so club interviews across the, the players. So uh, some players having upwards of 15 chats, some clubs having more than 30 interviews across that time too. So a few recruiters with uh, weakened voices, I think, mm. on Monday. But all in all, uh, a worthwhile couple of days. And it was an intriguing weekend in the sense that a lot of clubs got together in their spare time and yeah. list managers and recruiting managers catching up and chatting about what could come in the next 72 hours or so. Yeah, if, if there were a few more uh, cafes open in Docklands, <laughs> they would, would have probably got a few, a few more <laughs> coffees sold, I think. <laughs> oh, yes, you're very right about that. But we will get through some of the big trades still to come before Wednesday night's deadline. I want to start with yep. Luke Jackson. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot happening, isn't there? So um, still 20-odd players, I think, right in the mix to find new homes. And there's going to be um, some consternation ahead of Wednesday night's uh, trade deadline, which, of course, will come at 7.30, and we'll be able to catch all of that on afl.com.au and AFL Trade Radio. Yeah, Luke Jackson, I think, is clearly a, a big uh, one heading into these final few days. I do think there's been some some ground made there. Um, in my view, I think it looks something like a pick 13, a future first round pick, and what I think could be potentially Fremantle's future second round pick that's tied to the tied Dockers. To, tied to Dockers or North? I would say it'd be tied to the Dockers. I don't. Okay. I, I think I think North Melbourne's pick, the one they accrued via the Griffin Logue deal, um, the Dockers would be wanting to hold on to that one yes. pretty carefully. So I, I would imagine that that'd be um, their stance on on that selection. Um, of course, um, I'm sure that the demons would be would be eyeing that one, but um, I, I think it's likely to return and see that Jackson and either a future late pick, which could be that pick tied to the Bombers, if it does come through the Sam Wiedemann trade, if it's a future third round, or even a later pick this year goes back the other way. Now their picks at the moment, Melbourne uh, are a little bit deeper because obviously uh, they traded out their first round pick last year. Uh, they've got pick 27, pick 54, pick 67, pick 72. So you'd think if, if one was going back the other way, it'd probably be 54, but still a little bit of work to do, I think, on that one. But I, I do think that's a chance to go through this afternoon. And, yeah, I, I'm off the view that, look, it's Melbourne wanted as as target a, a top yeah. seven selection as part of this one, but um, he's out of contract, which obviously is a stumbling block, and, and Fremantle haven't been wanting to, to use any more capital to, to get up the board. Now, the Demons have been the best in the AFL at, at edging up the board, and they've done it year on year on year. So if they were to get 
an extra second round selection if it was tied to the Dockers? Could they then either now or, or wait closer to the draft to try and push up from pick 13 and use that as some yep. collateral to do that? So I think there's been some progress made on the, the Luke Jackson deal, and I don't think it's a mile away. Okay. That's an interesting one. Brody Grundy, because that's in some ways tied to it, in some ways not tied well, to I it. Think, but... I think for Collingwood's point of view, it is tied to it. Yeah. And the Pies have wanted a top 25 pick. Melbourne has picked 27. Um, that probably in the end gets that done, I think. But Collingwood has kept its powder dry, powder dry until the Jackson deal is completed. And, and fair enough, you want to see what the, you, your, your handling club yep. might be able to push through. But I feel like 27 is close enough to, to, to 25 to... <laughs> Um, to make that one happen. And, and clearly there's um, financial aspects of that deal that um, will come out in, in the rush of it all. But uh, yeah, I think that one's um, tracking along pretty pretty nicely. And um, Brody Grundy has kept his mouth pretty quiet across this time yes. and, and, and just rolled with the punches a little bit. But um, he's going to be playing with Max Gore next year. Isaac Rankin, a move taking him to Adelaide because it's... Bubbled away, and the framework of the deals we wrote over the weekend has been in place for, for quite some time. Yeah, I think it happens um, pretty shortly. It could happen this this afternoon. I think it's looking more likely than unlikely that it happens this afternoon. Of course, there's been some minor delays in recent days, but that's been very minor end yeah. stuff. So, look, the, the, the central piece of this deal, about being pick five, has been in train for a long while and, and agreed upon, but... I think that uh, we'll see Isaac Rankin in Adelaide colours in the not-too-distant future. Look, um, Gold Coast, of course, hasn't wanted to to lose Isaac Rankin, but in this case, having pick five for the Crows matched up pretty well, didn't it? And to to be able to negotiate an extra that's going to help um, probably for their academy selections next year, which we've talked about so much on Trade Radio and yep. Aval Exchange in the lead-up as well, just how central that is to plan ahead and to know how many points you might have to bid and, and match for. So yeah, I think we'll see Rankin in a Crows jumper not too soon. Do you think... Not too far away. Do you think Gold Coast, if it was always on the cards that it was a future first as opposed to pick five, do you think Gold Coast would have traded seven with Bose? Uh, do, you think the fact, do you think the fact they knew they were getting five back has played into that decision somewhat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, I, I'm not sure that they would have been as willing... Mm. to put number seven on the table with Jack Bowes had uh, number five not been a part of this this arrangement with, with Adelaide for Rankin. So, yeah, that that's definitely played, played a part in it. And I don't think a future first was ever really um, in their considerations. I mean, even though they are moving out pick seven, and, and we'll get to that in a second, but even though they are moving out pick seven as part of the Bowes deal, having pick five gives them a prized selection and I love the players who are going to be available for them at pick five in this year's draft as well. So uh, I think they're in a, a really good spot there and, and they'll be able to take a, a, a nice player at that point. So, and we'll get to some of the top enders later mm. in the show. Josh Dunkley. This one seems as complex as any, I think <laughs> at the moment. I think that's fair to say. Uh, no progress here on this one. Um, the, the dogs have pushed for players as well to potentially be involved in this, as well as the future first round pick that could get out to about number 18 or 19 or 20 next year, even given there's a yeah. couple of academy players who, uh, as we've spoken about with the Suns, who might push out or, or widen that uh, first round. And 
obviously the lines are going to be pretty good next year if yeah. they can get all this across the line as well. But Brisbane has been adamant the players will not be involved in the deal. So the Dunkley deadlock remains, and I think that will be the case until Wednesday. I, I, I can't see uh, that one playing out until that point. Do you have a feeling this could be one of the last ones done, if it is at all? Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm. I do. And look, we might see a little bit of movement. A lot of phone calls have been made already um, between a stack of clubs this morning and and I'm sure that'll progress across this afternoon as well. But yeah, I think this is a, a job for two days' time. <laughs> Jack Gunston, because as you wrote on afl.com.au last night, he was included in the uh, the 16 mega trade that didn't get off the ground. But where does his future lie now as a result of that? By extension, he was, yeah. And we'll yeah. get to the, the, the mega trade in a little bit because that deserves its own segment. <laughs> but yeah, this is where the big deals can get caught up in the smaller ones as well because Jack Gunston will get to Brisbane as a trade rather than through free agency, of course. So um, I think, you know, we know the free agency window, as you reported on last week, has ended on Friday. So that then enforces Gunston to make the move via trade. And that was done so Brisbane could um, maintain or not dilute its um, compensation pick for Dan McStay. I think Hawthorne's wanted to package up pick 24 and Gunston in a trade for Brisbane's pick 21, but the lines aren't budging on that. So that pick 21 still looming as either a, a points booster for them or as part of a potential trade with Dunkley. Yep. So that one's still got a little bit more to play out. But I mean, um, fortuitously, he when we were actually departing the NAB AFL draft combine yesterday, Jack was, was walking his dog around um, Margaret Court and <laughs> happened to bump into a lot of recruiters. <laughs> so that was quite... Uh, Did he get any clarity on his future? <laughs> I'm sure he asked. Uh, but that was quite a funny moment just to see that all unfold just by pure chance. But uh, yeah, this one will happen, but I don't think the Lions are going to be wanting to slide back those three spots to do it. Jack Bowes, who is headed to Geelong alongside pick seven. Now, the intrigue here is that the Cats have already given up their future second-round pick in that pick swap with the Lions. Yeah, yeah. And as we reported on Saturday, that one looks set to be done for a future third-round selection. So, Bose will join Geelong. And the Cats, Suns, and AFL met on Friday um, at AFL House. And it's a heavily scrutinised deal from the league, given there's these extra elements and it's a, a first-frontier type of um, call in terms of what's being given away and what's coming back uh, and the salary dumping elements to it, which we've spoken so much about and revealed on afl.com.au about a month ago that that pick seven would yeah. be a part of it. And since then, it's been a major storyline throughout this period. But that's set to be the price. And as you say, the Cats don't have a future second rounder to use regardless um, mm. unless they got one in for anything else. If it was part of a, a Sava Radigalia deal. I yeah. haven't wanted to, to move Asava Radagalia. He's under contract, but um, of course, Port Adelaide, and we'll get to the show, he's unable to use a future second round anyway to, mm. to get that done. So um, yeah, that's looking like heading that way. Rory Lobb. This well, we said we said Josh Dunkley could be on for two days time. I feel like Rory Lobb could be as well. Well, given he's so intrinsically linked to the Dunkley deal, I, yeah. I think it is. Um, and his ties also um, stick with Luke Jackson as well yeah. in terms yeah. of what Fremantle would, would get or, or lose or, or have to pay for Luke Jackson and would they even consider anything before that's gone down that line. If Dunkley was to move and, and the dogs were to pick up 21 in a future first, would 
21 get lob across the line from a Dockers point of view? And would you end up taking or accepting essentially Rory Lobb and a future first round pick for Josh Dunkley if you're the Dogs? That's a good question. The other other question of that is if you're Fremantle, do you want to move on your leading goal kicker for, for pick 21? Yeah. Now it's better than what the pick is they've they've put forward already, and and that's been that second rounder a little bit deeper in the pool, and or a future second rounder. Yeah, I my view on this one is that they've set out their stall so defiantly that he's not going. That it has to be something that you can then turn to your fan base on and say this is the reason why we had to do it. And I think twenty one, as we've mentioned a number of times, he's actually older than what we thought he was as not not we thought he was but he's he's older than what he would suggest in terms of how he's played footy because when was he drafted he was drafted 2013 as a, how old would he be then a couple of older he's older than Zach Merritt yeah. who, who was drafted a couple of spots before him and of course that's the Bombers selection they were weighing up both of them and, yeah. and ended up going with Merritt so what is he 30 next year I think so it's a it's an intriguing one to see how it plays out I think if they were to get 21 you can you can actually make the case that Fremantle you can then turn to its members and say, look, he's a 30 next year. Pick 21 is just too good to turn down. We can reset. We've got Luke Jackson into the football club. He's probably going to be spending a bit more time forward next year and we can get a really good player with the pick that we've got or potentially package it up a little bit to move a bit higher and, and, and make this into a win for us. Yeah, Just the way I'd be looking at it. Now, someone whose future is, again, sort of tied to the Rory Lobb deal is Lloyd Meek. Mm. I believe the Hawks will want to get that done with a future third-round pick, which will be better than their third round pick this year, which sits at number 52. But the Dockers, I'd imagine, will clearly want more than that. Yep. He's contracted. So they'd want a second or, or future second rounder for him uh, if they are going to let him go because, um, you know, he, he's he's contracted. He's also ready to play for them. And that's part of the issue as well, that he is ready to play. He, he, he's seeking opportunity. So yep. Look, the wheels might get spinning on this one after a Jackson deal is completed. And, and given Hawthorne as well, isn't tied up in too many of these major deals. No. That's a priority for them to, to get him in. But at the moment, I still think there's a, a bit of a gap there. Do you think he becomes Hawthorne's number one ruckman straight away? I think he'd be eyeing that off. With Ben McAvoy retiring, obviously. Yeah. And Ned Reeves obviously had his moments throughout this year. Had some injuries as well. Yep. Um, Max Lynch had his injuries as well. Max Ramsden, they, they drafted as a mid-season pick, but he's a youngster. So uh, I think that's the, the the target for him, and that's the idea for him to, to go there. Couple, couple more. Tom Mitchell, another one that Hawthorne just thinking about in the background at the moment. Mm. Tied to the Brody Grundy deal to some degree, but I think the Pies would... I don't think the Pies would be parting with the pick they get for Grundy for Tom Mitchell. I don't think that would be part of their plans. It would be a later selection. Um, he's keen to, to move. He's got a year to go on his contract. I think Hawthorne would be open to that as well if um, the right um, deal is reached. So it, would they put forward pick 41 or a combination of those third-round selections that they have? I, I don't think it would be the pick, though, in the 20s for Grundy. Ollie Henry? Well, that one is that one is fascinating for me over yeah. the next couple of days. And look, there's the bi- there's bigger names in this trade period, and and we've gone through a few of them there. But this one, as uh, an interesting test case, is is really fascinating for me because you know if he was in this year's draft, uh, he would be taken. There's no doubt he'd be taken in the first twelve or thirteen selections. Yeah, potentially even higher. So he's two years on from that, but 
you know, same difference really. Mm. So he's picked 25 going to be enough. I call him, but I just, I don't think except that. So, but then Geelong has more or less used up its chips. Yeah. And can't trade a future first now. Yeah. Which is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. And just lastly, Jacob Hopper. Yeah. I think looking more and more likely that that one gets done. Um, and look, there's always been a confidence that that one gets yeah. done and probably more and more likely that Ivan Soldo is a part of that, I think, mm-hmm. as, as time goes through as well. Two years to go on his contract, but, um, you know, I think if he went there, he'd be circling the, the number one ruck role and, and wanting to dominate in that position. As you reported last week, went up to the Giants, met them, done the medical. So it's all ready and prepped. It's, I think it's a little bit about being over to him to, to make the call if he, if he wants to make the move. Because when you're under contract, you do have the final say. And we've seen players before just not, two answer, years left as well. not answering their phone, not answering <laughs> the front door. Doesn't have to if he doesn't want to. <laughs> Kyle Hooker embedded himself in his um, in his house and just didn't answer the, the front door, I think, when um, Essendon were keen to trade him to West Coast a few years ago and ended up quite a good result for him. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, one that, yeah, I think I think that one gets done. We haven't quite reached the level. I think it was DeAndre Jordan of the LA Clippers in the NBA when he was about to hit free agency and his teammates locked him in the room and told him that when the deadline when the deadline was nearing ever closer and didn't let him leave until until the deadline had passed. But we will maybe get there one day. <laughs> All right, this is the Trade Exchange for Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. Ask your plumber to install the rain. We'll take a quick break. We'll look at the mega trade, which fell over on the weekend. We'll ask some draft combine questions of Cal as well. We'll take your questions. 0419-187-323. Give us a text and we'll answer them shortly. This is the Trade Exchange. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Too juicy. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. This is a trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. And the GWS Giants have just released that Mark McVeigh, who, of course, led the club as their interim coach throughout the back half of the season, has chosen to step away from his role with the club after nine seasons in the New South Wales. Yeah, interesting that obviously was their caretaker coach from mid-season yeah. as well. Was in the running for the senior job before Adam Kingsley got it. Correct. And also, I think, would have been a part of the, the James Heard ticket had he been um, successful in his application to be the Essendon senior coach as well. But, yeah, we'll see where he goes now. Cal, I want to chat to you about the mega trade, which was the talk of the weekend, but then fell over on the back of the AFL Uh not allowing clubs to have the exemption of trading future picks or multiple future picks or first and second round picks in the future. Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, that's right. As we reported on Friday, clubs had been asking about this and whether they would be able to trade not only their, their future one selection, but also their future two selection because under league rules, clubs can trade out a future first draft selection. But if mm. they do that, must retain the rest of their future selections for that draft. If they trade out a second, third, or fourth round future pick, they must hold on to their first rounder. So clearly um, Port Adelaide, but other clubs as well, 
um, had, had looked at this as an option, depending on what type of player they were bringing in. Um, the league put in that proviso as a, as a risk management move, basically so clubs can't um, trade themselves into strife with their yeah. full hand of draft selections. Um, and then the, the application was put forward to see if there was a provision available to open things up. And there is a provision allowed in the, the two first rounders in four years rule, yeah, which allows the AFL to, if clubs haven't used two first rounders over a rolling four year period, but are, are hoping to use one of those selections on um, a younger player or inexperienced player. Like if West Coast traded for Luke Jackson this year, for example. They would be allowed to do that because yep. at the moment the Eagles aren't allowed to trade their, their first round pick, but I'm sure the AFL would grant an exemption in the Luke Jackson case. So there is that exemption allowed in that future trading rule. Mm-hmm. Just that this one, there isn't a, an exemption allowed there. And um, I think this is almost the canary in the coal mine for the AFL in some ways because it was knocked back. But I think most clubs will think it has merit in being included. And, and we haven't seen a club trade away its future. They can only do one year in advance. And there's obviously these mechanisms to stop them doing a full suite of picks as well. So if you aren't going to let clubs trade two years in advance, then I think this should be allowed next year. And I do feel like there'll be a push from clubs as soon as this trade period ends that that should be permitted because more chips at the table means more movement. And we haven't seen clubs send themselves into dire straits through, through drafting via the fact you can only do one year in advance anyway. It makes sense to introduce it from next year. It didn't, although it would have freed up movement, it didn't make sense to introduce it halfway through this trade period. Because you look at someone like Richmond, for example, who I wouldn't say they've struggled to get the Jacob Hopper deal done, but there's certainly been some a holding pattern there for a while. They could have, if it had been done from the start of the trade period, they could have given 12 and a future second for Taranto and then 19 in the future first for Hopper or something like that. Like they could have, mm-hmm. they could have used it differently in terms of how they got the first deal done to do the second deal. They haven't been able to do that. So they could, the Tigers would have been well within their rights to turn around. If this exemption had been allowed and said, well, why wasn't this in from the start? It, it's kind of cooked us a little bit. I guess the other question to that would have been, did, did you ask? You know, so yeah. <laughs> so if, if that had gone that way, clearly they haven't gone yeah. that way. And that, that would have been part of the thing. So there just wasn't any wiggle room though, in, mm. in the rule to actually do it or any discretion there. So the other um I guess retort to that though is that you know Jason Ord Francis and and this is obviously the key part of this deal mm. his um, trade request to Port Adelaide and and everything that else transpires as a result of that he's nineteen he's played seventeen games and is in his first year of AFL so yeah you know if it's about trading away your future and rules are surrounding that around surrounding that then are you really trading out your future for a nineteen year old who could be a generational talent. Yeah, versus, you know, the the risk of trading out for a twenty six year old year on year on year. Yeah, that's that's a different case. So, I, I think it was definitely worth the ping at the stumps and looking at the proposed mega deal details, which we revealed on afl dot com dot au. There was there's so much happening, and it, it, it would have, um, it would have served a lot of clubs if it was allowed and, and eligible. Did you get a chance over the weekend? while you're writing this or potentially post the article coming out on Sunday night to actually analyze who would have been the big, I mean, it's easy to look at GWS like, and the, and the Brisbane aspect of it, like GWS traded one for, would have traded one for three and 13 or would have got, got one in for three and 13. But like I, I looked through North Melbourne, it's 
trading out Horn Francis, the number one pick, 2023 third round pick, tied to Freo. And then you get in number two, number three, number 33, number 55, and a 2023 first round pick tied to Port Adelaide. And I reckon I looked at that for about 10 minutes just with my eyes glazed over and just couldn't actually comprehend that amount of numbers going in and out and that amount of players. I didn't know if it was a good trade for him, a bad trade for him. Did you get time to analyse how much of a success it would have been viewed for all parties? Well, it, they all um, went a long way to agreeing to it. So <laughs> that makes that makes you think that uh, all of them saw their objectives met. And that's the part of it. And to be clear as well, the Brisbane and Hawthorne strands of this were were family, but they weren't the parents yes, of yeah, it. So yeah. th- there was that would have been th- the next part of it and, and would have been built in. And that's where Brisbane would have come in and, and offloaded pick 36, basically got in 40 and 43 and then traded um, 40 for Gunston essentially mm. under that m- manoeuvre. But the main part of the deal clearly was about North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, West Coast and Greater Western Sydney. And I think a lot of the the bones of this, this deal are likely to still be completed, but just maybe separately and, and in different type of moves. And obviously a lot of that requires Jason Wood Francis getting to Port Adelaide because if that doesn't happen, then he stays in North Melbourne and North Melbourne then I don't know if they'd be as desperate to, to do the deal to swipe down the board. Maybe they will. Greater Western Sydney with picks three and 12 um, are still obviously very keen to get up the board mm-hmm. and, and there's reasons for that. And, I think there's, you know, there's a, there's a key forward from Vic Country who has kicked a lot of goals this year, and Aaron Cadman who um, ticks a lot of boxes as well. Particularly with the way this trade period sort of played out as well, given there's homesickness issues with Isaac Rankin and, and Luke Jackson, yep. and Tanner Bruin, Ollie Henry, and Jason Horn Francis. You know, the ability to maybe pick someone who is always going to move from from Ballarat. Um, or who plays at Ballarat to, to do that, I think would, would be off some appeal. But look, I think a lot of the the strands of it are, are still likely, but obviously the manoeuvre to do it in one big hit has been blocked for the moment. Is it, Obviously they denied the exemption and it would have been Port Adelaide. All parties would have been hoping the exemption went through, but Port Adelaide was the snag in the in the deal and their aspect of it. How now do they get deals done for both Jason Horn Francis and Junior Rioli? And that's the part of it as well. Part of, we haven't spoken about West Coast. West Coast getting in um, pick eight, pick twelve. Uh, they would have tied. They would have had the second rounder that's been disallowed. The, the, the yep. future second rounder tied to Port Adelaide as well as a, a future third round pick. It's tied to Fremantle, but comes via North Melbourne. So. <laughs> If you want to actually understand the detail, go it's, and click on the AFL website. It's a website. lot easier when it's just written down in front of you. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. So how do they still get it done? Oh, it, it's challenging, but it's it's not impossible because I still mm. think there's parties that are open to it. I still think Port Adelaide and, and North Melbourne um, will be able to thrash out something that in the end um, is enough to, to satisfy the ruse because – the Roos have been open to it and they're open to him going given at, at the right price. And, and Brady Rowling said last week on AFL Trade Radio that, you know, it has to be compelling enough, but obviously yep. we'll, we'll listen to, to what that could entail. Junior Rioli is out of contract, so a slightly different case, but, um, and obviously pick two West Coast has, has put that on the table throughout the past couple of months and, and clubs have been very aware of their interest in splitting that one and, increasing that draft hand. And, and if they had done this deal, they would have had four picks inside the first 26, I think it is. 
So West Coast. Yeah, that would they would have had yeah. eight, twelve, twenty, and twenty six. So mm-hmm. in a year of rebuild, that's a that's a really strong hand. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of objectives met across the mega deal that were there, and I still think there'll, there'll be ways for them to be achieved. But it might just not all be tied up in one big bow. You know, inst- how many inst- separate inst- bows? Then? Christmas morning, you, you sometimes you get a big present. Sometimes you get a little, little one. Sometimes you get the big PlayStation Four. Other times you get something. PlayStation Four, whatever it is. Fifteen years ago, Cal. What are we up to now? <laughs> I don't know. Five? Is it five? I've no idea. I've got one of them. <laughs> five, I think. Five. Our producer's done us five. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so I think at the time, yeah, that, it, all the all the the stuff was there, but obviously the AFL, for the moment, and under that legislation. Um, isn't doing that. How many little bows then? Well, for West Coast to get pick eight and 12, that would require North Melbourne to be involved, Port yep. Adelaide to be involved, and the Giants to be involved. So there's still a reasonably big bow there. <laughs> could they get done individually though, or do you think they, they could still be done in no, one No, I think they could deal? still be. No, I think they could still be. Um, could there still be a six-teamer, do you reckon, in uh, a different format, or is it, does it become too hard? Well, it's only... It's only one future second pick away, but, but Port Adelaide, the players, you know, are, are keen to stay, and mm-hmm. and obviously um, Savaradigle has been been thrown up. Geelong wasn't and isn't a part of that that mega deal, and that was potentially what they'd be able to do next if it all came off or yeah. look at next. But it wasn't actually a part of what was discussed. Okay. We'll get to some draft combine stuff in just a little bit. We'll get to some questions about the draft, about the trades for myself and Kel Toomey just after that. 0419187323 if you want to text in. This is the trade exchange. Just trying to bring up the ad there. This is the trade exchange for Repco Authorised Service. For expert car service, book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. That was seamless. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Continental Tyres today. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres. This trade period, Cal, me and you spent a bit of time, a lot of time actually, at the NAB AFL draft combine over the weekend. It was an interestingly timed draft combine because of the Waffle Grand Final finishing later, so it meant it was on the weekend, midway through trade period. Yeah, it made for a busy few days. And and they did that, as you say, the Waffle Grand Final was only... a a week beforehand, so the the general week that they would have done that was delayed, so that it's any, normally after the grand final, wasn't it? Yep. So yeah. that any West Australians who were going to play in the Waffle Senior Grand Final could have made the trip over. Turns out none of them were actually in <laughs> in the team, so they could have held, held it anyway. But um, yeah, so to be, and yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of action over the past few days. That's for sure. I want to ask you about uh, Ruben Jinby, who you wrote about on AFL dot com dot. Uh, you as a potential top 10 prospect this year who had a really good combine, didn't he? He was awesome. And there's a reason why clubs have been looking at him as a top 10 pick for some time now. And I think he underlined that over the, the testing day. And 
He finished equal fourth in the vertical jump test, so 20, uh, 70 centimetres there. In the top 10 of the running vertical jump, he placed in the top five for the two-kilometre time trial, six minutes and 15 seconds, and in the top 10 for the 20-metre sprint, 2.92. So he's on fire, really. That, that, that is a big day, and it's, it's a combination of endurance, speed, leap. You know, we talked last week about power. Mm. Power is the thing you want as a draft day because it can get you out of trouble. It can it can make you trouble. It can do you great things on an AFL field, and it gives you great versatility as well. And we've seen that with Jimby as well at different stages this year. He started the year as a marking halfback, about 188, yeah. 189 centimetres, then moved into the midfield from Western Australia, played as a big-bodied player there. Um, one of his best games came against Vic Metro. Uh, at Icon Park, where he was terrific for his side in, in that defeat. But, yeah, he's he's got fans inside the top 10. There's no doubt about that. And I, to be honest, I'd be surprised now if he wasn't selected in there. What do you think he is at the he, next level? He's a he's a taller midfielder. Okay. And he's, his growth across this year has shown that to me, that that's where he's likely to be. He interviewed really well, met him on Friday, he came in and had a chat with us and he was terrific on that front as well. He's played a lot of school footy this year, so has been a little bit out of sight, out of mind, but um, not for recruiters who've certainly seen enough of what Reuben Jimmy can do. Another West Australian player who's a really interesting prospect because he's tall, he can play a few different roles, and he absolutely blitzed the 20-metre sprint at yeah. Allen. <laughs> he was outstanding. And uh, if he, I think he's still running that 20-metre sprint. He's, <laughs> he's edged it down to, to two seconds now because he went 2.85 in his first run, which got a few claps in the crowd. 2.82, which got even more claps. And then his third run, all players get three runs at it, was 2.814, and that got a few woohoos. So he <laughs> he was terrific. He's 194-centimetre midfielder, plays on the wing, inside midfield as well. Um, so unique size and shape, but uh, athletically outstanding. Came fifth in the agility as well, 8.255 seconds, and was inside the top 10 in the vertical jump as well. So... Mm. Lots going for him. Another player who uh, came with a bit of a rush towards the end of the season because he missed the first half of the year, about three months nearly, with a back stress fracture. So he came back for the final game, then um, missed the game through COVID, through the championships, um, came back through uh, Western Australia's final game of the carnival, then really went on to dominate mm. some games for Claremont at Colts level in WA. So he's pushed himself into the top 25 mix, there's no doubt about that. And he is an example of where... People say, "What? How much does the combine mean to players and and their hopes and all that type of thing? What does it mean to recruiters?" Well, he's an example where if clubs already weren't looking at him, which they are, but just a little reminder and friendly reminder of what this guy could be and and could do, and, and sometimes it just requires a little bit more extra work. And okay, this he does this, this, and this really well. We can tick all those things yeah. off. But is he now? in our mix for an earlier pick than we thought. Yeah. Could he go a little bit higher? Could he be more applicable to a different role that we've got identified as a need or, or anything like that? So he was really good. It was a West Australian day out really because yeah. Darcy Jones broke the agility record that was held by Stephen Hill in, in 2018, that, uh, 2008 that was set. He, Stephen Hill, the Fremantle star, ran 7.77 seconds in the agility and – Darcy Jones ran 7.70, so fractions, seven fractions of a second. He was four-tenths quicker than the next player. Like, he was nearly half a second quicker than Jackson Binns, who ran at 8.1, which is quite yeah. incredible, really. And you spoke to Darcy Jones as well, and he, he passes the character test. Yes, he does. Very much so. A great fella. And someone who, on the smaller side, 
uh, probably start his career as one of those precious small forwards. But I loved the fact that when I questioned him about that, he sort of gave a little wry smile and said, well, I just have to be tougher than everyone else. And he is. He wears the helmet. He's he's quick. He's tenacious. And, and he's a player that will make a real impact at the next level, I feel. There's a few other guys who uh, did their chances no harm across the day. One of them being Oakley Chargers key defender Josh Weddle. He was a standout. He, um, I think he sits inside that top 15 to 20 mix. He was in the the first 10 for the vertical jump test, the running vertical jump, the 20-meter sprint and two-kilometer time trial. So that, like Ruben Jimby, puts him right in that mix to be one of the best performers across the day. They used to actually hand out a, a best performer they did, across the they? combine. Yeah. I remember Daniel Rioli won it. Yes. He was a player back in 2015 who did uh, boost his stocks at the combine. But yeah, I thought Josh Weddle's performance is really good and yeah, we, we saw that from him at different stages in the tests and as a key back, if you can have that, that mix, it, it puts you in pretty good stead. Ollie Hotton was another one who mm. um, from the Sandrium Dragons top five in the vertical jump and, and a 2.924 20 metre sprint. So yeah, there was a few guys who didn't play or, or test as well. Uh, Will Ashcroft yep. missed with a, an a knee issue that he had towards the end of the season. Harry Sheasel had a sore hip towards the end of the year as well, so he didn't test. George Wardlaw, of course, coming off a bit of an interrupted preparation with that hamstring setback that he had at school level just before the end of the season, so he didn't test. And Bailey Humphrey, who I think is going to be a fan favourite for a lot of reasons. He's um, he's a fun player to watch, but just as warm and friendly kid as well. Yep. Um, he uh, didn't test as he's battling a bit of a, a corked thigh at the minute. He goes into depth on that on our combine wrap on afl.com.au, which includes a chat with him and Elijah Sardis and Simon Dalrymple from the Swans and Steve Canole from the Lions as well, if you're keen for a bit more of a, a thorough look at the combine. But just one more as well. And and this is, again, the beauty of the combine um, and where it can unearth some things that you might not have known or seen as much. But Sandram Dragons prospect Toby McMullen he really impressed across the day. He, he came in Quick. second in the 20-meter sprint, 2.88 seconds. He was seventh in the running vertical jump as well and seventh in the agility test. So, yeah, I felt like he was a standout and, and one that has only played a little bit of footy mm. at this sort of top elite pathway level. Um, got plucked out of school footy playing at Melbourne Grammar. He's, he's from the country, um, so that's why he's at Sandringham Dragons, but he also... Um, was a member of the Vic Country squad, and that's that delineation there. A little bit like Zach Merritt. There's a couple of mentions of Zach Merritt randomly on this in today's <laughs> show, but he he was one as well who, who boarded at, at Melbourne Grammar from Cobden, so as a part of that Geelong Falcons um, area, but played for Sandringham Dragons in his draft year. Toby McMullen, um, there's a bit of upside there, and, and clearly that came with the four with his testing too. So that'll be an interesting watch, and he's actually uh, – Got some cousins in in the recruiting ranks. Mm. Um, Dave and Ed McMullen, Fremantle recruiters. Um, he's a cousin of theirs, so it'd be nice to see him end up at the Dockers. Have <laughs> you one to watch? Uh, just quickly as well, Ollie Hotton's came home like a steam train in the two kilometre time trial. I mean, brother of Elijah, who's obviously up at the Gold Coast. I reckon he was. He looked like he was at fifteen metres back with four hundred to run, and then he's come through and, and claimed it in a time of five minutes fifty four. He was really impressive as well. Yeah, he was, and he identified that one as his pet event and, yeah. and he went out and, and smashed it. So he was really, really strong. And, and Jason Gilby, he ran neck and neck with him throughout the whole run and they completed it together as well. Five minutes and 54 seconds. That puts them amongst the, the very, very elite 
um, in terms of their their running capacity. And mm. and Ollie Hollands' second half of the season has been very strong. So we're talking about him last week. I, I think that he has pushed himself into that that top dozen conversation now. Whether it falls that way on draft line or not, it's, it's not going to be too far away. So. Um, yeah, a, a player who took his chance at the combine, that's for sure. We'll get to a quick break. We'll be back shortly. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Win prizes like he's at mcdonalds.com.au. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. We will get to some of your questions off the SMS line. I want to start with Jez. Do you think if GWS gets the number one pick, will they bid on Will Ashcroft or just take Cadman outright? <laughs> the bidding question is back. It's about this time of the year where we start to talk about whether someone gets bid on at number one or not. Last three years, we've had this discussion. It's an interesting sort of... We'll keep having it. <laughs> well, it's an interesting broader question about the draft. If three years in a row, there might be a number one pick. It's off limits. But uh, will they do that? They interviewed him the other day. They they interviewed Will Ashcroft at the Combine. Um, he was the Giants were one of only a couple of clubs to speak to Will. Um, so they could, they could, but they might not. They don't have the pick at the moment. It's a great way to sit on the fence, Cal. Well, we don't know. I mean, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't know that either at this point. They don't have pick one yet. Uh, could Cam McKenzie end up going to the Saints anyway with pick nine? He'd have to be right in their thoughts. He's a quality player and. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's a taller midfielder, um, strong body. Has obviously spent a lot of time with the Saints as part of the Next Generation Academy. They won't get access to him through that, but he'd be a, a worthwhile selection at that point. That would be a little bit funny if it did go down that way. Roughly what draft selection would father-son Max Michelini fall under? Some have him in the first round. I think others have him early 20s. I think it's somewhere most likely sort of that 20-plus part of the draft, I feel. And look, Adelaide has picks five and 23. 23 will end up being their their first one with the ranking deal to go through. So they'd be hoping clearly that it comes after um, that pick 23. And there's a chance that it does do that. And we've spoken so much on this show about how some of the the top-line father-sons get bids on really early, and then the, the next group can slip a little bit depending on where they fit in. Would the Eagles off Freo be interested in drafting Swan District's prospect Darcy Jones, who you mentioned before broke the agility test record? Yeah, they could. They could. Be right in that mix. I think, I think a lot of other clubs will look at Darcy Jones as well. I think he's somewhere around that top 25 to 40 part of the draft. You mentioned Ed Allen and uh, Ruben Jinby before as well in terms of them being standing to the combine. A lot of questions coming about what their draft range will be, you reckon? Ed Allen I've got around the top 30, potentially okay. pushing in. And, and Jimby in the top 10 as well. Love that from you, Cal. We'll leave with this one. Do you think Travis Boat could be attached to an Asava Radigalia trade? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we finished well. <laughs> it's 
not going to no, happen, no. I don't think. No. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, 12 p.m. on the Trade Exchange. This has been the Trade Exchange for Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.